Counting birthdays as time marches on isn't an option. The Uniting Church in Australia is now 43 years old and this congregation, of course, much older. And we know that getting older is not something that we always welcome. Mixed emotions on ageing are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the complexities of our human condition. Right now, there are millions across the world sick, hundreds of thousands dying. It's worse now in poorer countries, as disease so often is. The cry of the hopeless is everywhere. Psalm 86 opens with the line, Incline your ear, O Lord, answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life. It's the same cry from the anguished mouths of protesters and grieving families after shootings in the US, border aggression on the India-China frontier, in refugee camps across the world, and in so many Syrian villages. We know the sound of this cry. In the chapter of Abraham's story for today, we see a full measure of human complexity. A child and its mother are banished into the desert. Hagar and Ishmael are the second wife and first child of Abraham and they are banished by this revered patriarch. It's a shocking story of jealousy and callousness. This is the kind of story that critics of the Old Testament so enjoy rubbishing. In the Genesis story, we find two boys happily playing together in an ancient but tender scene. The younger one is Isaac, the long-awaited son of Abraham and his wife Sarah. The older child is Ishmael, son of Abraham and a second wife whose name is Hagar, a woman who first came into Abraham's household as a slave. Sarah mother of Isaac, is jealous about her son's half-brother. The jealousy boils up in her until it can't be contained. She goes to her husband and demands, throw out this child of a slave woman. He has no right to be seen as your heir along with my son, Isaac. Abraham, of course, is not happy with Sarah's jealousy. Jealousy has never been an attractive human quality and it distressed Abraham because he was attached to his son. And it was Sarah who gave her Egyptian slave to Abraham in the first place. But despite his feelings, Abraham takes Hagar and Ishmael gives them bread and water, and sends them away into the desert. 
our current values say this is an outrage. Here the great man of faith, Abraham, sends one of his wives and small son into the desert with only a bag of water and some bread. What sort of hero of faith is this? Does God condone these actions? The story resonates, I think, perfectly with the often ugly reality of the world as we still know it. Racist jealousy and cruelty have not exactly been absent from our world over these last 50 years. The ethnic cleansing in Bosnia and Kosovo, massacres in Rwanda, attacks and slaughter in Syria, prejudiced police brutality, shameful treatments of ethnic minorities, indigenous people, LGBTIQ folk, and on it goes. Yes, ours is a world where it is easy to picture a woman and child being given bread and water and expelled to the desert. But to think of it being perpetrated by Sarah and Abraham as a great mother and father of God's chosen race, that's difficult to swallow. The truth that's recognised in the Old Testament, as it should be here in the church today, is that God works with flawed material. Sarah, Abraham, me, you, we are far from perfect beings, yet God still manages to bring love, good news and new hope into people's lives through us. We, like Sarah and Abraham, mess up. We hurt those we love, even in the church sometimes. Yet God still calls and uses creatures like us for good purposes. So that's a reason to celebrate, I think. This story proclaims the truth that God sees the value that lies, sometimes well hidden, but within us all whether we mess up in small ways or the worst of ways. The love of God shines out even against Abraham and Sarah's ugly background of jealousy and callousness. There's an amazing heart-wrenching pathos in what happens to the child Ishmael. We read, Hagar went and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was all gone, she placed the child under a bush. She went away, for she said, I cannot bear to watch the dying child. As she sat there, the child loudly cried and wept. But then God heard the voice of the child, and the angel of God spoke to Hagar from the heavens. Don't grieve so deeply, Hagar. Don't be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Get up, go and pick up the child and hold him in your arms, for God will make him a great nation. God heard the voice of the child. 
His name, Ishmael, means God hears. God sees and values the small, the outcast, the unwanted, under a bush in the desert. It's a brilliant glimpse of the God to whom all lives are precious. God refuses to accept that the life of one child does not matter. This is the same God who rescues tiny Moses from his boat crib on the Nile and the God who shows his love in Jesus' life most clearly. This is often not the experience that our world meets out, but the positive valuing and care of God for each person is crystal clear here. God heard the voice of the child. No human cry is unheard. Even the strongest and wisest amongst us are at the same time just the vulnerable little children of God. The difficult issues that we meet in these ancient texts are still serious issues for us and our world today. As a society, we have many children suffering in split families. Our world still has child abuse, child prostitution, and child slavery. And we, like Sarah, are still prone to judge and divide on the base of royal of race or loyalty. And there are still, I think, many opportunities to lose the life we have and find our true life in Christ. Still many opportunities to point to this hope that we have in God. For God hears the voice of the child, the voice of the vulnerable, no matter the colour, the culture, the gender persuasion or creed. God loves each and every one. And this is the true value in our church, not in its years or its history or its architecture, but the value lies in the character of its love, in the shining of the light of Christ against the darkness of such tragic reality. All who cry out are heard, but we can do more to help them. And we who bear the name of the church are shaped by the one who values and loves all. The one who calls us, flawed as we are, to share in the work of making grace and love real to touch and taste and sight and sound. Here and now in the community where God has set us. As the letter to the Hebrews says, let mutual love continue. Remember those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Thanks to God then for this marvellous and all-inclusive reason to celebrate God's good news. Amen.